Welcome to Commanding Influence Global with Pastor Yo Emmanuel, the lead pastor. Are you ready to be empowered and strengthen your faith work? Fasten your seatbelt as we journey together. We give you the praise. We give you the glory. We reverence you this morning. The Lord has a word for someone here this morning. I don't know what that word is. It may be a phrase, it may be a sentence, but can you lift up your voice and ask the Lord, Lord, I will not miss my word this morning. I will not miss my word this morning. Because although we are together in church, but we have to be separated in order to hear the specific word that God has for us as it has to do with our life and destiny. For until the time that his word came, not their word, until the time that his word came, why not say, Lord, I will not miss my word this morning. I will not miss my moment. I will not miss my moment of encounter. For in a moment, he said, we shall all be changed. Thank you and thank you, Father. Holy Ghost, we ask that you breathe upon your word this morning. Review Jesus to us. Let Jesus alone be glorified. In Jesus' precious name, we are praying. Give Jesus a big hand of praise and please take your seat in God's presence. Praise the Lord, God is faithful. This morning I counted a great privilege to stand before you to bring God's word. A privilege given to me by my father, God's servant, the apostle over this commission. I deeply honor and celebrate you, sir, for this great privilege. My prayer, as always, is that the grace of God upon his life will speak through me this morning. And at the end of the day, every one of us shall be blessed. I thought I would hear a believing amen. The prophetic focus for the month of July 2023 is what practice guarantees profitable living. What practice guarantees profitable living. And in our Sunday services, we've been looking at the teaching series, Caption, Obedience of Scriptures is for our profiting. Obedience of Scriptures is for our profiting. Every Sunday in the month of July, we've been looking at different foundational commandments of scriptures that every believer must engage and obey. Not just commandments for pastors and ministers or ordained workers, but foundational commandments that every believer must engage and obey. And today, our focus shall be on the Kingdom Advancement Prayer Commandments. The Kingdom Advancement Prayer Commandment. The anchor scripture for my teaching this morning is Luke chapter 18 and verse 1. Popular scripture, please turn your Bibles with me to the book of Luke chapter 18 as we read verse 1. And he spake a parable unto them to this end that men, hold on, when the Bible talks about men here, it's not referring to man as in the male gender. It's referring to both man and woman, male and female. And so he spoke a parable to the end that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Remember, our focus this morning is on the kingdom advancement prayer commandment. It's for every believer. It's for everyone that named the name of Christ. And the Bible speaking in Luke 18 and verse 1, he said that Jesus spake a parable unto them to the end that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Please follow me patiently this morning as we take a journey in the school of prayer. And I'd like you to open up your heart 
as we begin to examine and explore this thing that is called prayer back to my anchor scripture this is not the prophet speaking this is not an apostle speaking this is not a man of god speaking this is god himself the one that created man and he revealed to us in the book of luke chapter 18 and verse 1 that when man was created man was created as a creature of prayer what that simply means is that in the realm of the spirit one of the ways they recognize and identify you as a man is not because of your biological features it's not because you have two eyes not because you have two ears or two hands one of the ways they recognize you in the spirit as a man is by prayers the same way your identity as a Nigerian is your national ID card. That same way in the realm of the spirit, your identity as a man is prayer. And so if you are a man, Jesus said that the man he created ought always to pray. Ought always to pray. Meaning when you are happy, you pray. When you are sad, you pray. When you are feeling good, you pray. When you are feeling bad, you pray. When you get a miracle job, you pray. In case you lose your job, you pray. When things are working well, you pray. Even when things are not working, you pray. He said men ought always, always to pray and not to faint. And just in case you have found a way of surviving and living your life without prayer, don't be too excited. The implication is that you are fainting. Because Jesus revealed to us that the opposite of prayer is not prayerlessness. The opposite of prayer is not prayerlessness. The opposite of prayer is fainting. And so if you are not praying, Jesus says you are fainting. If a man is not praying, he is fainting. For men ought always to pray and not to faint. If you pray, you will not faint. If you don't pray, you are fainting. Are we together this morning? Although men ought always to pray and not to faint, man was never designed to pray for his personal needs. We are looking at the kingdom advancement prayer commandment. Jesus speaking that men ought always to pray. However, although men ought always to pray and not to faint, God never designed man to pray for his personal needs. Because according to Jeremiah, according to the book of Jeremiah, God speaking, he said, before you were formed in your mother's womb, before you were formed in your mother's womb, he knew you. You already existed as an intangible seed of eternity. And God took note of everything you will ever need for life and destiny and released it even before you appeared here. God took note of everything you will ever need in life and destiny. And he released every one of them even before you appeared here. That's why the book of 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3, he said, God has given unto us how many things? All things that pertains to life and godliness. He has given unto us all things that pertains to life and godliness. The only challenge is that all the things you will ever require was credited into an account called Jesus. All the things you will ever require in life and destiny, all the things you will ever require for a successful journey here on the face of the earth was credited into an account called Jesus. The Bible says that blessed be the Father of our Lord Jesus who has blessed us with all spirit.
spiritual blessings. The only challenge is that those spiritual blessings are in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And so what God expects of every believer is that as you approach him in the place of prayer, all you need to do is to find Jesus in the place of prayer. Because when you begin to find, the, the apostles of Jesus, they came to Jesus one day in the book of Matthew chapter 6. If you read from verse 24 down to verse 34. And they began to ask Jesus, teach us how to pray. Don't forget we are looking at the kingdom advancement prayer commandment. They began to ask Jesus, teach us how to pray. And when Jesus was giving them the structure of prayer, he said, your heavenly father knows that you have need of all these things. Your needs are not a surprise to God. Your needs, your want is not a surprise to God. Jesus speaking, he said, your heavenly father knows that you have need of all these things. And because he knows, he has already released it even before you showed up. And so he said, when you are seeking God in the place of prayer, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33, when you are seeking God in prayer, he says, seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first in the place of prayer. Seek first the kingdom of God. And what unbelievers are dying to get, what unbelievers are sweating and struggling to get, it shall be added unto you. Why? Because there is a law that everyone that seeketh findeth. And when you begin to seek the kingdom of God in the place of prayer, you find out that every other thing will begin to gravitate towards you. There is a location that when you stand, all things will gravitate towards you. That's why if you study the life of Jesus and you study the life of the apostles, their prayer life was never based on their personal needs. All they prayed for was the kingdom. And so Jesus gave us the curriculum of prayer in Matthew chapter 6 from verse 9 and 13. He says, when you are doing this thing called prayer, he knows that you were created as a creature of prayer. But when you approach God in the place of prayer, he said, pray in this wise, Abba Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. After reverencing God and acknowledging his personality, the next thing he went further to say is thy kingdom come. That kingdom come is the prayer for every believer. It's not the prayer for ministers. It's not the prayer for evangelists. It's the prayer for every believer. Jesus speaking, he said thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Before give us this day our do you notice that the kingdom of god actually does not come after your daily bread it comes before your daily bread what that simply means is that the, the whole idea of prayer was never centered around your needs the whole idea of prayer is about the kingdom the reason why the kingdom comes before your daily bread like i always say is because the matters of the kingdom are more urgent than the hunger of the belly the matters of the kingdom are more urgent than the hunger of the belly and so he said when you are praying say abba father thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven what jesus was simply teaching us is that the focus of prayer is not needs the focus of prayer 
is not a breakthrough. Thank God for breakthroughs. The focus of prayer is not a miracle job. As good as those things are, the focus of prayer is the kingdom. The focus of prayer is, the, as a matter of fact, the reason why Jesus included the provision of daily bread in the curriculum of prayer is because in the kingdom there are three categories of people. They are children, they are young men, and they are fathers. Are we following this morning? The reason why God included the provision of prayer, I said the focus of prayer is not about your needs. The focus of prayer is the kingdom. Notice, even after, that's why even after asking God for your daily bread, he still ended the prayer with thy kingdom come. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory. For thine is the kingdom. Meaning prayer is all about the kingdom. And the reason why God had to include daily bread in the provision of prayer is because in the kingdom we also have children. And all children care about is their bread. And so if Jesus does not include bread in the curriculum of prayer, children will run away from the kingdom. And when, when, we meet, when we are talking about children here, we are not just referring to age-wise. We are talking about the function of spiritual maturity and understanding. And so if Jesus did not include bread, children will run away from the kingdom. Because all children care about is their daily bread. And bread here is not limited to only what you eat. Bread here is whatever comes from God to his children. Anything that comes from Father, so his children is classified as bread. So bread can be a miracle job. Bread can be a miracle house. Bread can be breakthrough. Bread can even healing. The Bible says healing is the children's bread. And so when the children come to God in the place of prayer, all they are asking for is bread. Lord, give me that breakthrough. When you say lift up your voice and let's pray for souls, they are murmuring. But when you say it is time for breakthrough, you will see them shouting. That's all they care for. All they care about is their daily bread. And if Jesus removed their daily bread out of prayer, they will run. So Jesus had to include it because of the children. But there are other people, they are young men. He said, I write unto you, young men. Paul speaking. He said, I write unto you, young men, because you are strong. Because the word of God dwells richly in you. Because you have overcome the evil one. If you find a young man in the kingdom going down on his knees, all he is asking for is thy kingdom come. All he is asking for is that you be done on earth. He wants to make sure that Jesus is winning in his territory. That's all he cares about. The young men in the kingdom, all they want to do is to turn back the hands of darkness that has been stretched out in their environment. And so he said, I write unto you, young men, because you are strong. All they do is overcome the evil one in the place of prayer. And so Jesus speaking, he said, when you go to the place of prayer, the first thing you seek is the kingdom. And when you are leaving the place of prayer, the last thing you seek for is the kingdom. Shout hallelujah. And so when you go to the place of prayer, when you wake up in the morning, your first prayer is thy kingdom come. In the afternoon when you are at work, the next prayer is thy will be done on earth. Before you go to bed at night, your last prayer is for thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory. If you are a believer, shout amen. amen. Let me show you a few reasons why we continue in the place of prayer. A few reasons why we continue 
in the place of prayer. And when I say prayer here, note that we are talking about kingdom advancement. Kingdom advancement. You know, we have so many prayer warriors. Hallelujah. You should be familiar with them by now. We have so many prayer warriors, but their prayer does not have impact on the kingdom. Why? Because every time they stand before God, all they are asking for is bread. But there are a few reasons why we labor in the place of prayer. Number one is that the labor room of prayer is the best place of multitudes into the kingdom. The labor room of prayer is the best place. It's where we bet multitudes into the kingdom. Isaiah chapter 66 and verse 8. The Bible speaking, he said, who has heard such a thing? Who has seen such things? Shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day? Or shall the nation be born at once? He says, but as soon as Zion, Zion is the church. He says, as soon as Zion traveled, she brought forth. She brought forth her children. As soon as Zion traveled. The reason why we labor in the place of prayer is because the altar of prayer is the best place of multitudes into the kingdom. When you see us praying kingdom advancement prayers, what we are simply doing is that we are standing as a woman who is pregnant with child, trying to push out. That's what the Bible is speaking in Isaiah 66. And verse 8, it says, as soon as Zion traveled, like a woman in labor, as soon as Zion traveled. So when we come to the place of prayer, what we are simply doing is that we want to give birth to multitudes. We want to, by all means, give birth to the nations. He says, shall a nation be born at once? Yes, it is possible, but it will take Zion traveling. She will have to travel. Like a woman in labor pains. The Bible speaking in Isaiah chapter 2 and verse 2. He said it shall come to pass in the last days. That the mountain of the Lord South shall be established at the top of the mountains. And it shall be exalted above the hills. He said all nations shall flow. But the only way all nations can flow into the mountain of the Lord's house. Is when Zion give birth to the nations. In the place of prayer. And so when we come to the altar of prayer, what we are doing, just like a woman, we are pushing out the nations. We are pushing our souls from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. I can tell you, sir, many of us, just like in this operation, flowing for a flowing, many of us have been pregnant with souls. It's time to push out the nations. Have you not heard the testimonies of some of our mothers? Some of them, it took them five hours in labor, they kept pushing. Some of them, it took them seven hours in labor, they kept pushing. Some of them, it took them ten hours, they kept pushing. Because you don't stop pushing when you are tired. You only stop pushing when your child comes out. That's why we continue praying. You don't stop pushing when you are tired. Have you ever seen a pregnant woman say, I don't tire, no push again. You only stop when your child has come out. That's why we continue fervently in the place of prayer. Because until we see the nations turn to Christ, we will keep pushing. We will keep pushing. It may take us three weeks, we will keep pushing. It may take us five months, we will keep pushing. It may take us five years, we will keep pushing. By all means, the nations must be brought under the influence of Christ. This is why we pray. This is why we live. This is why we eat. This is why we breathe, that by all means we will empty the kingdom of darkness into the 
kingdom of God. This is what Jesus was doing in the Bible on his early, during his earthly ministry. You'll find out that the Bible says concerning Jesus that every day at night he will go up to the mountain to pray. When he finishes praying on the mountain, when he comes down in the morning, the Bible says multitudes will gather. He will go at night to pray. When he comes back in the morning, multitudes will gather. Do you know what Jesus was doing on the mountain? He was pushing out the multitudes in the place of, in the place of prayer. He was pushing out the multitudes. And so when he gives birth to them on the mountain, in the morning they will gather. They can only gather in the morning because he has given birth to them in the night. Yes. Because what happens in the place of prayer is that the compelling power is generated in the place of prayer. Every time we engage kingdom advancement prayer, what we are simply generating is the compelling power. The power that compels men to come. He said, go into the highways and the byways and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. It is called an akasu. The power that compels. The power that compels. Jesus speaking in John chapter 6 and verse 44. He said, no man can come to me except the Father draws. Not except they are willing. They can be willing and they will not come. Have you not gone out for evangelism? And the person will tell you, don't worry, I will come. I will, I will be there. In fact, 730, I'm already there. And when you come to church on Sunday, you did not see the person. They don't come because they are willing. They come because there is the power that draws them. He said, no man can come except the Father draws such a person. And so when we go to the place of prayer, what we are doing is that we are generating anakazo, the power that compels men to come. Even though they are not willing, when anakazo is generated, they will come. They will come. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men. People don't come to church because they are willing. You think you came to church this morning because you were willing? No. There is a power that worketh in you, that drew you to church. That power is generated in the place of prayer. And so even if they don't, even though they don't like the church, they will still come. <laughs> when we generate an castle in the place of prayer, even though they don't like the church, they will come. They can be insulting the church, but they will come. They can even be saying, leave that church. Useless church, they are doing rubbish. As he's talking to his friend, one of his friends will say, let me go and see the rubbish they are doing there. Let it an Akazo that is working. They are doing rubbish. It's true. But let me go and see the rubbish they are doing there. And when they come, all of a sudden you will find out the moment he enters the church, he's clapping his hands. Before you know, he's dancing. Before you know, he's jumping. Before you know, he's the one shouting the loudest amen. Before you know, we have ordained him a decade. <laughs> it's an Akazo. It's an Akazo that is working. The compelling power. That was what happened in the book of John chapter 1 and verse 46. When Philip met uh, Nathaniel. Philip met Nathaniel and was telling him about Jesus. And Nathaniel said, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? My goodness. They are talking to you about a person. And you are calling a human being a thing. He did not say, can any good person come out of Nazareth? He said, can any good thing. What? Nathaniel, what Nathaniel simply did was that Nathaniel reduced Jesus from a human being to an animate object. Can any good thing come out from Nazareth? Don't bother about their insult. Jesus was not shaking, he was not afraid because he had already generated an Akazu in the place of prayer. After Nathaniel finished bragging, he said, Let me go and see that good thing. And when he came and met Jesus, the same Nathaniel that insulted Jesus, he said, Thou art Christ, the Son of the Holy God. The moment he came before Jesus, he said, Rabbi, uh-uh, Rabbi, 
Abraham that did not like what he heard, the moment he came, he said, Thou art the Son of the Holy God. Can I tell you the truth, sir? We are not wasting our prayers. No. For those of us who connect every day, 7 p.m. online, praying, can I tell you the truth? We are not wasting our prayer. What we are doing is that we are pushing. Don't worry. It may take five weeks. Keep pushing. Just keep pushing. There is an assurance that we have that one of these days, as the Lord tarries, all the nations of the earth will flow in. Amen. Quickly, number two. A praying church, while we continue in the place of prayer, a praying church is a growing church. And whatever cannot stop the church from praying cannot stop the church from growing. A praying church is a growing church. And whatever cannot stop the church from praying cannot stop the church from growing. Can I tell you the truth? Kingdom advancement prayer is not the strategy of a man of God or of a ministry to gather crowd. No, sir. No, sir. That's not why we are praying. Kingdom advancement prayer is let me tell you the honest truth, sir. Kingdom advancement prayer is a war between light and darkness. Kingdom advancement prayer, hear me and hear me well, it is a war between light and darkness. And the truth of the matter is that in this game, it is a matter of numbers. This game is a function of numbers. And so every time the church is growing, it is a proof that Jesus is winning. Every time the church is growing, it is a proof that Jesus is winning. In Acts chapter 2, from verse 1 and verse 41, the early church, they gathered up in the place of prayer. They began to pray. The Bible says all of them were in one accord in the upper room. As they were praying, they kept praying. Look what happened in verse 41 of Acts chapter 2. After they had prayed, after they had given birth to the multitudes in the place of prayer, the first day they held their service, the Bible says in verse 41 that about 3,000 souls were added to the Lord. It's not by mistake. They, had, they, they generated the power that compelled men in the place of prayer. And when they showed up, about 3,000... Do you know what it means to record 3,000 first-timers in your service? The first service they had. The Bible says about 3,000 souls were added to the Lord. In Acts chapter 4 and verse 4, they continued praying. They kept praying. As they were praying, they held service another day. And in Acts chapter 4 verse 4, the Bible says about 5,000 souls were added again. The first time they had 3,000 first-timers. They kept praying. The second time they had 5,000 first-timers. And in Acts chapter 13 and verse 44, the Bible says as they continued praying, it came to the point where one day they came for service and the kind of multitude that came, the ushers could not count it. And the Bible says that almost the whole city, this one now is, they cannot count it. They say almost the whole city gathered together. You don't know what a city is. Do you know that Lagos is called a city? Imagine the whole of Lagos. He said almost the whole city gathered together, meaning almost the whole city was added to the Lord in one day. Let me interpret what that means. What it simply means is that in one day, the devil lost almost the whole city. Darkness lost almost the whole city. And Jesus was winning. What a victory. What a victory. This is why we keep praying. Number three. The multitudes drawn by prayers can only be sustained by prayers. The multitudes drawn by prayers can only be sustained by prayers. Galatians chapter 4 verse 19. Paul, 
Paul speaking. He said, my little children, whom I travel in bed again. If it is prayer that brought them, it is prayer that will sustain them. If they came by prayer, they will be sustained by prayer. So we keep praying so that the ones who have come, they will not turn back. In Colossians chapter 4 and verse 12, the Bible says, Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of the Most High, saluted him. He said, he's always laboring fervently for you that you may stand in the perfect will of God. And so the reason why the whole church in Colos was standing was because a man was laboring fervently in the place of prayer. The multitudes that come by prayer can only be sustained by prayer. And finally, number four, effectual fervent prayers is the gateway to noiseless breakthroughs. Effectual fervent prayer is the gateway to noiseless breakthroughs. In James chapter 5, from verse 16 and to 18, the Bible speaking, the Bible found a man who was found worthy to be used as a case study for prayer. And the Bible calls his name Elijah. And he says that Elijah was a man subject to like passion like you and I. What that simply means is that there was nothing special about Elijah. There was nothing so special about Elijah. Only that this man had mastered the art of prayer. And the Bible says he prayed earnestly that it should not rain. And it did not rain on the earth for three and a half years. And he prayed again to show you how he mastered this thing called prayer. He prayed again that it should rain. And the heavens gave rain. And the Bible says it is not because he was a prophet. That was why he was able to do that. In verse 16, the Bible says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man. Not of a prophet. It's not because he was a prophet. It's not respect of titles. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man maketh tremendous power available, which is dynamic in its working. It is that power that produces noiseless breakthroughs. It is that power that produces noiseless breakthroughs. So when you go to the place of prayer, make sure your prayer is effectual. Make sure your prayer is fervent. How can your prayer be effectual? Number one, your prayer must be born out of the will, out of the word of God. An effectual prayer is a prayer that is born out of the word of God and it is consistent with the image and the character of the Christ. Number two, how can your prayer be fervent? A fervent prayer is a prayer that is born out of the heart not from the lips a prayer that is born from the heart that's the fervent prayer the kind that Anna was praying her words were not heard but her lips were shaking ah and she said I came to pour out I came to pour out my heart every one of us that engages in effectual fervent prayer I tell you the truth sir your breakthrough will begin to manifest but remember your breakthrough is inside the kingdom and so you don't pursue breakthrough, you pursue the kingdom. When you pursue the kingdom in the place of prayer, the Bible says even breakthrough will be running after you. Rise to your feet. Rise to your feet. I told you that the reason why we pray is because we want to see Jesus win in our territory. And this morning again, Jesus wants to win again. He wants to win in somebody's life. If Jesus does not win in your life, you can't get the breakthrough you are looking for. All heads bowed and all eyes closed. Somebody this morning, you want Jesus to win in your life. You want to surrender your life to Jesus. Can you raise your right hand as I pray with you this morning? Raise your right hand up 
You want to surrender your life to Jesus or you want to rededicate your life to Jesus? Raise your right hand up as I pray with you.